T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, hi, Mark. Iconic opening to Chicago sports icon, WB co-founder, Mark Rohde, joining us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park, and Mark Rohde on the sidelines at legendary Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. Don't ever say frozen tundra, because that's redundant. Tundra, by definition, is frozen. Okay? Got it? Got it. Just not... Just oh, not frozen tundra. No, just tundra. That's it. Do you guys realize, though, what's great about this game and the previous three? This is the, um, for two straight years now, every single Bears-Packers game has been relevant. It seemed like we went through so many years where one team was, well, I guess from a Bears perspective, they've been relevant for the last four straight games because of, the opening night with Matt Nagy, then they clinched the division last year against the Packers, opening night this year, and the Bears have a chance to stay alive against the Packers here again at Lambeau. Yeah, you know, it, it, it it's good. It, it's way better when it feels relevant, Groats. It, and, and here we are, and I, I have this sneaking feeling that Mitch and the offense are going to be very solid and functional. I don't know if they'll put up 24, 27, 30 if they need to. I don't know. But I I will be surprised if they are not solid and functional based on the authority with which the kid is playing quarterback these days. Also based on the fact that I think that Dallas's defense is better than Green Bay's defense right now. And I'm not saying, like, the Cowboys' defense is dominant, and we didn't see much of that this past Thursday night, but there's not a lot of scary right now going on with the the Green Bay defense. They have a very good coordinator, though, and Mike Pettin, who has put together some pretty decent game plans against Mike or against uh, Matt Nagy in the short time that they've both been here. But I, I agree with you, too, that, just in general, they're on to something, and I think it's real, and that's what we all want to know. Is is what we have seen from Mitchell Trubisky real? Is what we have seen from J.P. Holtz real, or Jesper Horstead, if you'd like, or even Anthony Miller? Because those four guys I just mentioned have all made this offense better because we know that Allen Robinson has been doing his job basically for two years and, and really, in essence, has been the only one. And then you have the offensive line, which has had an extremely volatile season, but it looks like they have figured something out as well. So you have all those different parts figuring something out, and now you just have to see if it's actually real and if you could actually depend on those names that I just mentioned to continue to thrive. Talking with Mark Grody. We're here talking Bears on the score. Spiegel and Rosenblum with you. He will be on the sidelines for WBBM, our brother station, WBBM 780 AM and 105.9 FM. So 
I got it. What was your thought this week? And you had like Harry Heastand and some players talking about they're playing freer now and why the change and well, the pressure's off. And what was your thought about that, Mark? I think it's pretty common, isn't it, in sports when the <laughs> when the pressure is off, when you think that maybe you're out of it, that you are going to play more loosely on a regular basis. So while it's probably not good that you'd want a team that can play up to the pressure. I think it's pretty common that when the lights are off, that you're, you're just not get, you're probably going to maybe take more chances, feel a little bit more free to do things that perhaps you didn't earlier in the season. So I think it's normal. One really good thing about this because of the huge evaluation process that is still going on for three more games with Mitchell Trubisky for the season and what they have to evaluate in the offseason is that I think the pressure is officially back on now. You know, now they're back over 500. They're in sudden death territory. They're going into Green Bay. So if they didn't feel the pressure on Thursday night against Dallas under that light, they probably are going to feel it this Sunday. So it's real again. So if the lights had been, you know, figuratively off for this team, I don't know how well you could have evaluated what you have with this team in a lot of different aspects. But yeah, I mean, I think for better or for worse, it's pretty normal that when the pressure's off, you're going to play differently. And and the Bears have played better. I think it reflects uh, weakness. I think they're saying that that they the pressure's off that they couldn't live up to what they said were were their expectations. We're going to get to the Super Bowl. We, we're here to win the Super Bowl. They emotionally, mentally weak, whatever it is, they couldn't live up to the pressure. So then once it was as desperate it could be, the pressure was off, they decided they could play. So that shows a weakness. And now, as you point out, there will be pressure on. More will be expected of them. And – they, I guess, will have a chance to prove that they can perform when everybody's watching and expecting something. But that strikes me as a weak group when you can't live up to the expectations that you've pretty much set. That's what I thought, anyways. Or, or is that just the NFL happening where you have teams every year that surprise Baltimore this year, and then you have teams that surprise the other way, the Chicago Bears? This year, last year, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars who, you know, the previous year were, you know, deep into the playoffs and then they've been a flop since. So I don't know, maybe it's the pressure that that got to them. It maybe you're right. Maybe it's a sign of weakness, but I don't know. It feels it just feels a lot more NFL ish because I don't know. Would you guys be surprised if if the Bears were a 10 or 11 win team next year? No, not at all. Uh, not, not at all. In, in fact, assuming that the defense stays healthy and they don't lose uh, too many people of consequence on that side, um, I think we are going to look back on this season with such regret as a lost year in the middle of a very, very good window with a defense this good. No matter what, we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, if the arrogance of the 12-4 and coach of the year and the executive of the year didn't get the best of them and they decided to coach a quarterback they didn't actually have, 
You know, if they had only coached, yep. the, if they coached the quarterback they had and just let him be Russell Wilson in year two or Mitch Trubisky in year two, then this would have been a 12-13 win team. I really believe yeah, that. Yeah, I, I agree, Matt, because the, the, the window will eventually shut for that. What is still a championship-level defense, what, I mean, I give it a couple more years. I mean, you're gonna ha- you, you don't know if you're going to be able to keep all those big-time parts eventually guys will start to get old and not be as effective as they are right now. And I'm talking about the two superstars on that defense and Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. I mean, obviously eventually they'll, you know, age will take over. So you've got to strike now, I guess maybe looking at the positive side of that whole thing is that if they have figured something out now with the offense and maybe it is too late this season and and maybe Matt Nagy didn't adjust in time, if it's real, then hopefully you can go into next season as a complete team when the window is still open for maybe a couple of years, uh, depending on what you do in, in free agency and in the draft. So let's hope for the Bears' sake that they have figured something out on offense. Talking with Mark Rohde, talking Bears here on the score. Bears-Packers tomorrow. Bears have to win to stay alive and they in the playoff hunt, and they will need some help. And this is this is the... I don't know, this, the second game of the year in which Leonard Floyd actually shows up. He shows up for the Packer game. Brad Biggs wrote a piece that kind of put the stark numbers out there about Leonard Floyd. He decides to play against the Packers and nobody else. Huh. In seven games against the Packers, he has seven and a half sacks. That's yep. pretty good, right? In 44 other games, he has 11 sacks. And there's some other numbers, but those are those are the highlight. I The Bears keep... Are the Bears talking him up and protecting him because he's actually doing what they want, though not getting to the quarterback? Or are they trying to cover up? Are they trying to trying to blow smoke up the backside of a young player who's still searching around for what is his game against somebody other than Aaron Rodgers? Great question. And I talked to uh, the Bears outside linebackers coach, Ted Bonacchino, about that. And once a month we get to talk to these assistants. And he kind of expressed, he told me that he's the best Sam linebacker that that he's ever coached and that nobody on the Bears team can can do what he does. And he said, you know, would it be nice if he got more sacks so you guys would stop asking these questions? Um, yes. And then I, I asked him, I said, so then are we wrong to ask about the sacks? And he said, he said, no, but when he was drafted ninth overall, it was because he was the ninth best football player in the draft and not necessarily the best at getting to the quarterback. So I don't know, Steve, it's a great question because I wonder the same thing too. I mean, is he at the point right now where he is in his career, where he's not in his first or second year, do they need to talk him up to protect his psyche at this point? I would think that they're at the point right now where they, they need to, I mean, they obviously picked up the option on them already. They need to know if, he truly has the makeup to be a guy that they give the three to four year contract extension at this point. And uh, do they actually believe what they're saying that it's okay that the the guy opposite of Khalil Mack is just not a guy who is going to get double digit sacks? No, and that he's so right. Or I mean, and that's that was my line of questioning. And um, you know, like I said, they say that he is doing all the, all these things that they love that they're, they're doing. They gave him that award the other week for being the hardest-working player on the team. So I don't know if they're protecting his psyche or if they actually believe what they're saying. Cornelius Lucas will start again at right tackle, right, for Bobby yep. Massey. 
Yeah. He, he is six foot nine inches tall and three hundred and twenty eight pounds. <laughs> He's and a big he, he has his own zip code. <laughs> he does. And instead of blocking people, sometimes he just swallows them. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, with uh, he must be doing a pretty good job. And with Cody Whitehair and James Daniels uh, switched, that must be working out pretty well because it, it, it is, I mean, it's also obviously the decisiveness of the running game and the decisiveness of Mitch Trubisky with RPOs. But um, what can you tell me about the efficiency of the offensive line of late? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's almost like it has started to click where they made the, the swap, as you mentioned, with Cody Whitehair and James Daniels. Um, I also think it has something to do with what's going on with Mitchell Trubisky, who has been more decisive. Yep. He has been more elusive, which obviously is a nod to the – or a, a big help, I should say, to the offensive line. So they're not as exposed as much when Trubisky is making better decisions and making the right plays and the right calls. Excuse me there. Um, and – you know, before that, that was not happening. I do think it's pretty impressive that they have been so effective without Bobby Massey this year. You know, he's missed a few games. Even going back to the, I think it was the Washington game where he was a last-second scratch because he had vertigo. And, you know, that was before Rashad Coward or Cornelius Lucas had even gotten a sniff. And Lucas stepped in on that night and was just fine. So, Maybe the offensive line is something of a microcosm or indicative of the rest of this offense that they have finally figured something out, and they're finally, with the, the more simple game plan, that's working for them as much as it's working for Mitchell Trubisky. And yet at the more simple the game plan, I think the the Nagy, the Nagy Petten battle yeah. makes, makes me think that they're, that, that Nagy has a surprise. That he's got some kind of trick play, he's got a gimmick, he's got something because Petten's basic ability to coach and game plan and run the defense in whatever shape it's in has been been largely has been vexing to a certain degree that that it strikes me that Nagy's the kind of guy who says, I'll show you. And I do think there's something there. I do expect to see it. I have no idea what it is. But I do expect to see something that will make everyone go, oh, my God, that was great. That was Santa Slay. That was something like that. The Chicago special. Here's here's A-Rod in your face. Whatever name they want to give it. And we're in December, so there's always a Christmas theme to it, right? Isn't that it? I think something's think, going on. I think, I think we're, we're going to see it's it. Gonna, it's it's going to be Cornelius Lucas at the goal line. You know? Uh, <laughs> you know? Speak said all, it. All he has to do is fall forward yep. like from the five-yard line. And there, <laughs> right. There it's is. like having he had – like a big – you know, it, it's it, it's right. it's been nice, frankly, to see no offensive trickeration in terms of hey, there's <laughs> there's eight defensive guys in the backfield. That's over. That's it, over. In fact, there was one moment, there was one play to Cordero Patterson last Thursday. Oh, look, Cordero Patterson is lined up at quarterback. He's five yards back. He takes a direct snap. He turns to his left, and he's tackled for a five yard loss. Let's not Boy, do that got, again. You, you guys didn't like all that stuff last year? <laughs> no, I did. But it okay. so clearly contributed to the arrogance, which screwed up the offseason. Arrogance! The arrogance! Yeah. <laughs> we always have to say that well, in Wayne I, I mean, no. I mean, to, to Nagy's credit, and I, I, I don't think anybody's really asked him, like, why he has, like, directly, Matt, why have you not done 
the the trick plays this year because they have been absent and maybe he did a little evaluating of his own and thought I can't I can't be the gimmick coach because it's you know that that's not real coaching and it won't last forever but you know you're allowed one or two a year so I'm with you Rosie Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, what, one or two a year is fine, but like right. w- when you're trying to show the league that you're competent as an offense and they see all that stuff, then they just start staying at home and making you look ridiculous. So they've had to show that they can actually just do something, anything. Show like w- what is your identity. Hand and, off, run the ball. You know what's a good, another good indicator? Like you compare last year's offense to this year's in terms of trick plays. Watch the Patriots these days. Watch how many times they have to go to trick plays to try and just simply have offense. I'm telling you, they ran like seven or eight of them against uh, Kansas City this past week. They can't move the ball normally, so they're going to crazy trickeration to try and do it. Yeah, it always does. Like, last year it didn't seem desperate. It just felt like part of Matt Nagy's game plan. Yeah. But you're right. When there are certain teams, when, when they are inept, when they cannot move the ball, that's what they resort to. I remember our, our good friend Dave Wanstead having to resort to that ah. <laughs> quite a few times in his, his tenure with the Bears, that he would go trick play and uh, it would work because he knew that he just didn't have the, the offense or the quarterback. And, and Dave will tell you all about that. All right, and he'll tell you all about that. That's Grody's guy. That's the guy that makes Grody drool. That was his coach, Dave Wanstead. Well, you know, he, now he's everybody's guy. So yeah. it's no longer my dirty little secret. You know, he's, 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 <laughs> Dave's everywhere. It's like, whatever. I do remember uh, the early days of Wani coming in here in the studio once he became media, and Grody used to wait in the producer prep room with a big foam finger on, just like waving. <laughs> no, he was Chris waiting. Far- he was Chris Farley. Uh-huh. He was, remember, foam remember that game? Foam finger in a jersey, got a football ready to sign. Yeah. Got remember a, the, remember yeah. that game where Raymond Harris I was with you. I was with you when you went for two against Green Bay at home in 97, man. I was with you. I, I, honestly, I did do that with him like back in the early days. Because one of my, honestly, one of my favorite, and this is when I was just a fan, one of my favorite Bears games of all time was under the Wanstead era when they went into Minnesota and beat the Vikings in that wild card game, which was a huge upset at the time, and that's when Wani won me over. Mm-hmm. Right, and you you were you went all Chris Farley. Remember that time you guys beat the Vikings in the playoff <laughs> games? And, yeah, that was you great. Curtis Conway. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's awesome. That's right, and he was homesick. All right. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was homesick. Yes. Yeah. Safe travel up and back. Thanks, Mark. Later, boys. All right, that's Mark Grody. That's Mark Grody. Bears. In, uh, Bears. En route to uh, to Green Bay. They're going to win. They're going to win. You've said that. You 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 an be. hour ago or so. You pray as a prelude, and you I, and you spoke to the reasons why. Now, and, well, and, and now on the Green Bay and side, makes sense. their offense is crazy, man. They've scored thirty or more like five times. They've scored twenty or less like four times. Uh, Rodgers has had a a rating over 100 a few times. He's had a rating under 90 several times. Sometimes Aaron Jones can run. Sometimes he can't. Right. They're schizophrenic on offense, big time. And this is the one game Leonard Floyd decides he's going to be Khalil Mack. The one opponent, the one, the one, the twi- twice a year he decides he's going to be worth the, the, that draft status. Mm. And so here you go. And the, the Bears better do it. it today. Yeah. They also need some help. All right, uh, we'll be uh, take a break. We'll come back, and I um, I have this fantasy tweet.
This but might I think it's oh okay. Just, just something that is like so perfect. It's so. Before you said tweet, I was worried. I didn't Dennis. know if this was the right forum. Yes, for the... a penthouse forum. Well, of course. I never thought I would be writing this. <laughs> I never thought I would be writing this tweet. Show the thread. Rosa Blue <laughs> Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. Okay, now this is our Christmas song. In case you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas, there's lots of ideas in here. So. Listen and don't get stuck. Okay. By the way, that's me on the organ. Oh, you start. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtlenecks and a beer. Okay. Good. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer. Okay, that should be more there, right? Where? Uh, oh, fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four pounds of back bacon. Three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. See, oh, yeah. More. The fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden toques, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks. And a beer in a tree. Okay, on the sixth, two gold. Christmas, my true love gave to me six packs of two for five golden toasts, four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Okay, on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven packs of smoke. Yeah. Oh, six packs of two for five golden toasts. Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. This should just be the two days of Christmas. It's too hard for us. Um, go home. Oh, eight days of Christmas. gave to me eight comic books, seven packs of smokes, six packs of two for five. Okay, day uh, 12. Good day, and welcome to day 12. Yeah. Golden tooth, four pounds of bagging, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Where did you learn to do that, uh, albums? So, like, that's our song. The McKenzie Brothers, the McKenzie Brothers, the 12 Days of Christmas. We won't be on next week, so we're doing our Christmas Hanukkah extravaganza, song extravaganza. So we've we brought that to you. Christmas time for the Jews, the McKenzie Brothers, Santa lost a hoe. What's a toque? A hat? The hat. It's a hat, right? <clears throat> Beanie on top. So a, golden yeah. ones would be. Yeah. Not functional, but yeah. kind of cool. Right. Th- this hour on the score is brought to you by the Illinois Secretary of State's office. Visit www.realid.ilsos.gov. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Today, get to the Sprint on Rand Road in Arlington Heights between 1 and 3 p.m. to enter the Sprint Power Play Payday Contest. Winner signs a one-day contract with the Wolves in $5,000. And this hour is brought to you by the Exogen Temporal Scanner. 
30 million people come down with the flu every year. It could be you or your family. The best way to tell if it's a cold or the flu is by taking your temperature, and no one does that better than the Exergen Temporal Scanner. Learn more at exergen.com. So Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. Yes. He, he had a career against the Bears. Terrific rookie season. And that makes him popular in fantasy leagues. And he doesn't want to hear from you. He tweeted out, look, I don't care about your fantasy team, fantasy points, none of that. <laughs> it's People were hitting him up for uh-huh. that. This has been going on. I remember in 85, I wrote a story about then rotisserie baseball. Oh, it wasn't yeah, even yeah. called fantasy. Sure. It was called, because it was rotisserie baseball. It was named after La Rotisserie Francaise, where the founders of what you know as most people know as fantasy was created. Mm-hmm. And it was fantasy. And it was guys like... Steve Wolf of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, there's a great 30 for 30 on the beginnings of that. Right. And Daniel Okrent, who co-wrote Old Jews Telling Jokes. Mm-hmm. It was on, anyways, they created that there. And I remember doing a story on asking baseball players what they know about rotisserie and do they hear that stuff from fans. And Tom Candiotti said, I did. I've heard stuff from fans. I have no idea what it is. But I think... Well, you're an idiot for choosing me for your league anyways. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, it was so perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's still going on that fans are getting it. Now they have other avenues to get, they have social media to get to the players. Hey, I need more. I need you to score touchdowns. Yeah. Like they're in charge of that. Yeah, no, they um, they they don't like that. They they don't they don't take kindly to it. Uh-huh. Uh, it is true. Although, you know, now it's such a sordid little world that uh, Arizona Diamond, that Arizona Cardinals secondary man who was betting on his own team and yes. in a parlay. Yeah, that's kind of a fantasy league. Yeah, yeah, that's one way of doing it. That's funny. That so there we go with that. And um, and we need to say goodbye and make way for pop basketball. This is a fun show. Thank you to David Schuster. Thank you to uh, Mark Grody. And thank you to you, Rosie. I enjoyed a lot of conversation today. No, thank you, Matt no. Spiegel. No, no, thank you. Let's thank Michael Chen for bringing us together. I'm in. And we want to thank everyone who listened. Nobody called. Everyone who texted. The WB Club, Saturday Suckage. Coming up next is Paul Basketball on the score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.